Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Disco queen Gloria Gaynor of I Will Survive fame performs live in D.C. this weekend for a Capitol Fourth on the 4th of July. We spoke in 2017 when she headlined the Library of Congress's special disco series Biblio Discotech, where she also discussed her book We Will Survive, True Stories of Encouragement, Inspiration, and the Power of Song. Ms. Gaynor, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Um, so tell us exactly what's going on here. It's the Library of Congress presenting, it's called Biblio Discotech, two months of disco-themed events. But how did they How did they reach out to you to get involved in this? Well, they contacted my manager because uh, I Will Survive was inducted into the Library of Congress's um, music registry last year, mm-hmm. and uh, which was quite an honor for me. I mean, just unbelievable. <laughs> and so then they called and asked me to be a part of all this. And I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. I'm, I'm honored to be asked. I also, I think you're going to be uh, doing a keynote interview as well as performing, I think. But uh, yes. what sort of things are you going to be performing? That's awesome. We can come out and dance <laughs> disco with basically one of the inventors of this. Yeah. Um, well, I have my, my band that I use on tour. I'm adding uh, a choir and uh, some violins. And um, it, I'm going to be doing, of course, my hit songs, Never Can Say Goodbye and What I Am, I Will Survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be doing some uh, gospel songs from my forthcoming album um, that will be released later in the year. And some songs that I've um, recorded in the meantime. So awesome. Well, is there going to be, you know, a disco ball on a stage and the whole thing? Well, if you know anything about that 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 building, the the the, the uh, um, Benjamin Franklin building, yeah, it it is an awesome building. has a ridiculously high ceiling, <laughs> which is going to be challenging for my my uh, uh, sound people. They'll they'll do well. Um, <laughs> so no, no disco ball. <laughs> but it, you can you can pick you can picture it in your mind. It'll be the, the same great music. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All right, so about the keynote interview then, um, I know you'll be discussing your new book, uh, We Will Survive, mm-hmm. True Stories of yeah. Encouragement, Inspiration, and the Power of Song. Uh, when did you write this, and what inspired it? I wrote it, I believe, in 2013. It came out in, I believe, 2014. Um, and what inspired it was my public, because people have been coming to me ever since I recorded I Will Survive, with stories of how the song has encouraged, uplifted, and empowered them, helping them to make it through the difficult and even traumatic situations and circumstances in their lives. So I'm thinking, okay, after I'm getting years of these stories coming to me, how inspiring would it be? If the song is that inspiring, how inspiring would it be if you're going through, you know, 
trauma in your life, and then you read of someone else who's going through the same thing or maybe something even more difficult, and yet they've come out the other side victorious. How uplifting and encouraging would that be? So I thought, okay, now it's time for me to put this into these stories into a book. And so I solicited um, uh, different um, support groups like um, um, Parents of Deceased Children, breast cancer uh, 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 help organizations, um, and different organizations like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in NNEDD, National Network to End Domestic Violence, and got stories from those people. They were more than happy to give me their stories. And, um, yeah, so I compiled them along with my uh, manager and my editor. And, um, yeah, they, they, they're, there's the book. And people <laughs> have been calling me and writing me um, about how that has been uplifting, encouraging, and empowering them as well so great so it's like 40 true stories from fans and other people you've heard over the years and you said i'm gonna put this i'm gonna compile these that's awesome yeah do do you do you have like a i mean i want people to go pick up the book but what's like a quick teaser is there like a a story or one or two stories in there that that comes to mind well you know the the stories that are are really near and dear to my heart are stories that you wouldn't expect like this young man that who wrote that um he uh, lived in was is from Africa, and when he was seven years old, he he left his little village and walked off somewhere to do something, and I don't know to get water or something. And when he came back, these um, these uh, warriors, for lack of a better term, <laughs> had come into the had come into the village, and were looking for their opponents, their opposition, the people that they were fighting with, and was asking the people if they knew where they were and where they hid. And he, they gathered up the, all of the people in the village, made them dig a pit, stood them all around the pit, and then began to ask them where these people were. And when they said they didn't know, they just shot them and let them fall into the pit. Oh, God. Th- that included his mother, father, and younger, he's only seven, his younger brother and sister. Wow. And he, um, he, he wasn't involved in it because he, like I said, he came upon this happening, so he hid himself until they left. And then he just walked away from the village until he walked up onto another village. A, couple, a family took him in, but he expressed how he was unable to show, reciprocate the love to them until he heard the song, I Will Survive. And, um, and somehow that got through to him. Wow. I mean, that's crazy you've had that big of an impact. I mean, you recorded that all those it years is. ago, and then you hear these stories. It must just give you goosebumps. Um, it did. It did. I mean, it, it, it does. When I mean, I'm still hearing stories. People are still coming to me. And the wonderful thing is that they don't just say this song, your song, I love your song, your song helped me through. They say, I love you because you helped me through. Wow. That's kind of so You know, the, so express- the expression. It is extremely rewarding. It's like the expression... People may not remember what you say, but they remember how you made them feel. That's uh, one of my favorite lines. I love that you just quoted yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. What do you think so. it is in that? Like, you know, is in within that song? I mean, just those lyrics that that is so universal because I mean, it, it like you're saying, it's relating to, you know, it, it can be like a female empowerment thing. It can be like the story you just said with his family in the pit. Like, I mean, why do you think those lyrics are so universal? Well. 
I personally believe that this song is a, um, um, a divine appointment. I believe that God, uh, because of the way the song came to me, I mean, it was a B-side song. I went out to California to record a song that the record company president had chosen. And, and, uh, when I get out there, I find out that the producers have made arrangement with the record company that they could write the B-side. When I asked them what the B-side was going to be, they asked me what kind of songs I like to sing. I told them I like songs that are uplifting, encouraging songs that are, are uh, meaningful, songs that, uh, have good melodies. And then they tell me, we believe you're the one we've been waiting for to record this song that we wrote two years ago. Wow. I, I, and, and then when the song, you know, I sing the song, I, I, re, I immediately relate to the song, two situations in my life, the death of my mother that would happen a few years prior, and the fact that I was standing there recording in a back brace because I'd fallen on stage and woke up the next morning paralyzed from the waist down, oh. ended up in, in hospital with surgery. Oh, my God. All of this, I'm reading the lyrics of this song. I'm relating these incidents to this song. I record the song absolutely from my heart because of how I can relate to it. And then nearly 40 years later, people are still singing the song, still attributing uh, their ability to make it through traumas in their lives to me and that song. How can you say this is not a divine appointment? God has said, Gloria, I want you to take this song and I want you to help people with it. I love. I the, want you to uplift them, encourage them, empower them. I love the idea of it being a divine spiritual appointment. That's brilliant. Well, I mean, it's like the angels would always say, "Fear not." And your your song opens. At first, <laughs> I was afraid. I was petrified. It's the same. Right. It's the same thing. Oh, exactly. Oh, that's great. Well, that's that's just that's amazing. Take me back, <laughs> bef long before you were in the back brace recording the B side that took off. Long before. Take me back. Growing up, Newark, New Jersey, before you were Gloria Gaynor, you were Gloria, mm. was it Fowles? Is that how you say it? Fowles, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take me back to those days and how you got into music in the first place. Well, that's another divine appointment. <laughs> so, <laughs> seriously, I'm, I'm, um, I'm working at a, at a store in, um, in uh, uh, a big department store in my hometown, and I meet this girl. We become friends, and eventually I become her first daughter's godmother so one day i'm i'm on my first day of vacation um my first vacation from this job she calls me my friend marcia calls me and says gloria i'm having trouble with my babysitter can you come and help me out i said okay um, you know i'm on vacation and you got two weeks to either get your babysitter back or get a new one i go over and the first day that i'm babysitting for my for, for this child She's asleep, and I hear somebody walking in the apartment upstairs. Now, at this time in my life, I love singing. I want to sing. Nobody listens to me because my, I have five brothers who sing, but I'm a girl. So they're not interested in hearing me, and I want someone to hear me sing. Mm. And so I start to follow these footsteps, and when they stopped, because I thought if I could hear them walking, they could hear me singing. <laughs> so I stopped. They stopped walking. I would stop and sing, and I did that every day for two weeks. Wow. A, a while later, I'm in a nightclub with my brother, and I hear them playing a song that I know, and I start to sing this. I'm sitting and singing this song to myself. No one else can hear me, but I'm singing to myself. And But somebody gets on the stage and says, ladies and gentlemen, there's a young lady in the audience. She's got a wonderful voice. 
Uh, if we get her up, give her a nice round of applause, maybe we can get her up to sing a song or two. <laughs> and I'm like, he could not hear me sing. And nobody came over here anyway, so what is this about? But I'm, this is an opportunity I've been wanting for years, and so I'm not about to give it up. My brother's not about to let me. So I go up, and I, I tell them I want to sing the song that I've been singing in my seat because I know they can play it, and I know I can sing it. What was the song? So it was Save Your Love for Me by Nancy Wilson. Wow. And so I sing the song, get a standing ovation, go back to my seat, and my, they come over to me. The band comes over to me and says, um, we're having trouble with our singer. You are great. Um, our singer didn't even show up tonight. Can you, can you sing with us? Can you work with us? And I said, absolutely, of course I can. I mean, oh, my God, this is wonderful. We can get together for a few weeks. We can rehearse, and, and I can come, and, and, yeah, this would be great. And they said, no, we need you to start tomorrow night. <laughs> so um, I'm at that moment very happy that I listened to my mother when she told me you have to prepare for war and peacetime and whatever you want to do be like a Boy Scout be prepared and so I was prepared I had a autograph album from grammar school that I every time I learned a song I'd write it down in the book and I had at this time more than 200 songs the next morning I brought the, the book to the club, we rehearsed, and I began to sing that night and never looked back. That's so great. But wasn't your father also a, a performer in nightclubs, too? With my, my father was a singer. Um, step I never step and Fetch sing. It? <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, right. Oh, wow. Yeah, Step and Fetch It was the name of the group that he, front, that he uh, opened for. Wow. But I never heard my father sing. That's crazy. Mm-mm. Yeah, it is. I heard my mother sing. Yeah. My mother's had a beautiful voice as well. What other artists, um, you mentioned Nancy Wilson, you know, you were singing to yourself, but what other, you know, mm. let's say of the artists that you grew up listening to that you think sort of were, were you know, inspired you? Oh, I loved um, um, Gloria Lynn and uh, Cleo Lane and um, Sarah Vaughn, um, Nat King Cole, uh, Marvin Gaye. Um, all the greats, you know, all of the, all the greats. <laughs> all the greats. So how do you yeah. get how do you get from there? Um, you said singing in the club, and then you never look back into the soul satisfiers in the '60s. Tell me about them. Well, when I finished with that group, uh, what happened was they they kind of dis- the group dispersed, and so I went. Um, um, I would go. My brother and I would go to clubs, and he would uh, go up to the band leader and say, uh, "You know, um, I'm here with this girl from New York, and she's got a great voice, man. But she's only here for tonight. If you'd like her to come up and sing, maybe I can talk her in and sing the song with you because I'd like to hear her sing, and I know that the audience would as well. And I'd go up and sing with them, and um, and then I'd say, um, "Well, no, no, I, I, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, I live in New York, but." Uh, which I didn't live in New York. I lived in New Jersey. Uh, just lying. They don't need to know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that anymore. Um, um, but, you know, I would talk myself into a gig, and then I'd, I'd sing with them one night or two or however long I could and go on to the next. That's and, um, and finally, finally, um, I, uh, I got uh, an opportunity to perform with a group that um, two of the members recorded with Johnny Nash and his label. That was where I did my very first recording and um and then after i recorded that some years passed um and um someone brought um uh, a manager into a club in new york uh who took me to paul lecca at columbia records 
where I recorded uh, my first disco song. That was when you were signed by Clive Davis. This is like seventy five. Exactly, about seventy. Actually, it was seventy nineteen seventy. What was it like getting signed by Clive? That must have just that been was <laughs> dream come true. That was it was it was and it was awesome um, and very very flattering because he had me. I'll never forget that he had me come three times to sing for him, and I'm like. This man dislikes my voice because there's no way the president of a record company needs to hear somebody sing three times before he decides whether or not they deserve a contract. <laughs> he was just getting a couple <laughs> other free shows out of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he liked your voice that much. Oh, mm. that's fantastic. All right. And then obviously I Will Survive was like 1978. You, you sort of took me into the, the creation of that with the B-side and all of that. But do you remember the first time you heard that like out in public on the radio somewhere? The first time I remember hearing it uh, in public, um, I was in a department store, and I cannot tell you how I wanted to tell somebody, that's me, that's me, that's me. Uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was unbelievable. I, I did have one time, I did, and it wasn't that long ago, just a, a couple of years ago, I was in a department store shopping, and the song was on while the girl was checking me out. When she looked at my credit card, I thought she was going to faint. <laughs> It's like, oh, this can't be. It's, oh, uh, really? Really? Are you serious? And I'm saying, I haven't said anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> are you the Gloria Gaynor? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that oh, was, that's that was nice. That's fantastic. But but obviously, and you know, fans of yours will know that that wasn't your that wasn't your only hit. You had a bunch of other ones like that. Never never can say goodbye. Which how did you take me into the formation of that? Because wasn't it was a Jackson Five first, right? It was a Jackson 5 song, and I loved Michael Jackson. I loved Jackson 5, and I sang the song, apparently, um, a lot like he did vocally. My arrangement was different from his, but vocally, I was singing it like him. Mm. And so when I went in to record it, my producer was like, you know what, no, you cannot do this. You need to do you <laughs> on this song. And I'm like, look, this is how I sing the song, okay? but. So anyway, he gave me a demo of it, told me, go home, rehearse this, come back singing it different. And so I went home. I didn't rehearse it because I was like, this is how I sing the song. <laughs> and so I went back the next day, went into the studio defiant in spirit, just so angry, like, this is how I sing the song. And I sang the song. And, and when the song was over, he jumped out of the chair and said, it's a take. <laughs> and as you can hear, it's. It sounds nothing like Michael Jackson. <laughs> you you were angrier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, I love this. I love these behind the scenes stories. That's fantastic. Um, mm. Maybe do like one or two more of those songs. Uh, Let me know. I have a right. How do, do you remember uh, the creation of that one? Oh yes, I do. And I so I guess I was living that. Mm. I guess I was living that at the time, and I. Um, I sang that song with, I, you know, even when I listen to it today, especially the end of the song where I'm ad-libbing, um, it is so, it's so much determination in that vocal, mm -hmm. you know, determination to be seen, to be heard, to be respected, um, uh, to end the disrespect and disregard that um, the, the person singing the song is living through. And um, 
And so I, I, I really, really like the recording of that song. I was especially happy that Doc Severinsen was on the song um, because he's a famed uh, trumpet player, and it was it was wonderful to have him on that recording. So, yeah, I remember that very, very well. That's so great. All right, one more. I am what I am. Take me into that, creating that. I am what I am. Well, my my producer had gone to see La Caja Fall, and the song was in La Caja Fall. And he, sitting there watching the show, came up with this arrangement of it, and he came to me and told me about it. I had only seen La Caja Fall in a film, and, of course, the song wasn't in the film. But then he sat down at the piano and told me the idea, showed me the idea that he had for recording, and I thought, yeah, it sounds great. And so we recorded it, and the rest is history. That's so awesome. Um, well, sort of bring it back around full circle um, to this to this disco event. Um, how cool is it that they're honoring this genre? I mean, it, some people say it was kind of short-lived, but it was a dominant genre for, for a few years there. But I want to get your thoughts on that, because I talked to um, Casey and the Sunshine Band um, like a year ago, and he said, he said disco never really run away. I mean, dance music, electronic music in the club is, is just basically what that morphed into. So, I mean, do you sort of feel the same? I agree. I absolutely agree with that. Um, and I'm, I'm saddened by the fact that the, 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 it went from the name disco to dance music for the simple reason that as disco, as, when that name was, was popular, that became the first music in the history of music ever to bring together people from every nationality, race, creed, color, and age group. Mm-hmm. My audience is from 8 to 80. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that um, the fact that that wasn't recognized and capitalized on is a loss to us. I gotcha, I gotcha. But the same kind of music, it's still there, just a different name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and you, weren't you inducted into the Dance Music Hall of Fame in like 05? Yes. Wow. Yes, I was. How big of an yeah. honor? Great. Awesome. Um, just really great. Um, also inducted into the Grammy Museum, um, which is going to open in my hometown in the fall, which is, is, which is great as well. I hope that they have, uh, I can't imagine that they wouldn't put me in there, <laughs> in that particular museum. I mean, it's, it is my hometown. They better. I mean, come on. That'll be coming full circle for you. That's going to be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Um, oh, yeah. And real quick, before you go, didn't you also do a commercial with Spike Lee and Charles Barkley and Samuel Jackson? Yes, <laughs> I, I did. They that were was, singing. <laughs> so, much, so much fun. So much fun. Those guys, I mean, they were really, really a fun bunch to work with. Spike Lee was hilarious. Did you see the bloopers? No, I didn't. Is it online? you got to go on, on YouTube and see the bloopers. It is hilarious. All right, everybody, go on YouTube and look up Capital One commercials, Spike Lee, Gloria Gaynor, bloopers. Oh, man, I, I'm, I'm going to go do that as soon as we get off here. Good, good. Well, awesome. It's well, funny. you've been more than generous with your time. Thank you so much. I mean, it was a, Thank you so much. It was a divine mission, and you're, you're, I just appreciate it, and, and the fact that you even view it that way. I really appreciate it. Um, Thank you so much, Kevin. Awesome. In closing, why should we come out to see you here for this uh, lecture and, and dancing? It's going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome. I mean, the, the I have um, it's a beautiful, beautiful venue. Um, not meant for performing. It will be a challenge to my 
my sound people, but they're going to do a great job with it. I'm going to, it's going to be me and my traveling um, group that I perform with. We're adding um, violins and a choir. I'll be doing all of my hit songs. I'll be doing songs that I've um, uh, recorded since then, and I'll be doing songs that um, are from my forthcoming Christian album. Awesome! Don't 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 miss it. We, we used to say back in the day, "Be there or be square." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Be there or be square. We're going to paint the town red. <laughs> All these old phrases. I love it. No, it's true. All right. Awesome. Yeah. We will see you there. We can't wait. The one and only Gloria Gaynor. Thank you so much, Gloria. You're awesome. Thank you so much. Take right. care. God bless. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.